So without further delay, I'd like to welcome back Dr. Jenny Holman. All right, coffee full, bladder's empty, we're ready to go? All right. Um, several folks in the interim came up and asked me kind of where to start as far as getting a dermatoscope. Um, I strongly encourage you to invest in just a derm light. Um, it takes more time for me in the room. I'm kind of, I feel like I have a hand tied behind my back if I don't have my dermatoscope. It takes more time for me to move our magnifying light, turn it on, get it focused. It takes no time to pull it out. And the light is built in to the derm light. And so it's on, your thumb fits on that, you set it on there, light it up, you see the image. So it really is actually faster than some of the other magnification that most dermatologists use. If you want to store images and start comparing those using that as part of your clinical practice, the basic derm light doesn't do that, but that's probably the easiest to use. It's not rechargeable, so you do have to buy a battery, which you can get at just a camera store every, I mean, I use mine all the time and I probably replace the battery twice a year. But that would be a great place to start. You can just go to Dermlight, which it's L-I-T-E, um, their website, or they always have a booth at the AAD. All right, so this hour, I'm just gonna re-emphasize some of those basics that we talked about previously, and we're gonna add a few things into some of the basic stuff we talked about, and then we're also going to test your skills. So we're gonna warm up, everybody stretch your neck out. Here we go. All I want you to do in this warm up, and um, hopefully you've got that worksheet there in front of you, all I want you to do is that first step. Is it melanocytic? Because again, when you look at a lesion, this is your ABCs. This is your building block for dermoscopy, is differentiating melanocytic lesions from non-melanocytic lesions. So remember the three characteristics that I talked about last time. Number one, pigment network. Doesn't have to be the whole thing, localized or diffuse, but a pigment network, a nice organization of pigment. Number two, dots and globules of pigment, not a vasculature, dots and globules, or sometimes those amorphous areas, the blue areas of like a blue nevus. Okay, this is my one-year-old when he locked himself in the dog crate and he had a snack and I was like, gosh, this is kind of easy, just sitting there, eat your lunch, so. Um, same thing, dermoscopy, who says it has to be difficult. You've got your basics, you've got your tools, this doesn't have to be hard. So again, I just mentioned those things, pigment network, dots and globules, amorphous areas. You're tired of hearing me say it, but is it melanocytic? That's your first step. So we're gonna start with this one, and we're just gonna you know, go through these kind of slowly. I want you to look at them and appreciate them. Not just, this will become kind of a reflex to you. Yes, it's melanocytic. Yes, no, it's not melanocytic. But here, just for purposes of the lecture, why it's melanocytic. So does it have a pigment network? Yes, obviously, and so it's melanocytic lesion. Again, it's not a diffuse network. The whole lesion's not involved, but you can definitely appreciate that periphery of pigment network. These are easy ones. Underhanded throws to you. Yes, pigment network all around the periphery. So you ask yourself your three questions. Pigment network, dots and globules of pigment, amorphous areas. So yes or no? No, this is a hemorrhage, and we talked about that last time. So you may be confused in that um, you think, is that an amorphous area? No, it's a hemorrhage. You've got to use your clinical. This is a thrombus skin tag there, and it's just hemorrhage that's there. Usually in a black melanoma, you're going to see that veil. You're going to see that blue-gray veil that we talked about. This is hemorrhage. Melanocytic or not, pigment network, amorphous areas, 
Yes, obviously this has got a pigment network. It's an irregular pigment network, which will be important as we get into the rest of this lecture, diagnosing what something is. But yes, this is melanocytic. Everyone can appreciate that's a clear example of pigment network. And for a bonus, where is this lesion? Very good, on the face. It's got a pseudo network. And so all those little openings that you see, all those little regular openings, this is a lentica malignant, it's on the face. So all those regular openings that you see are follicular structures. And so that lets you know you're on the face, sun damaged skin, melanocytic or not. Good, I like these reflex answers, no. Pigment network, you might say maybe some amorphous areas. Dots and globules, no. It looks very vascular. This is actually a basal cell. And those leaf-like things I talked about, you could maybe buy that. But no, it's not melanocytic. Little bit tougher here. Melanocytic or not. Very good. You guys all said no. I think it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit confusing because you do see some of that area there which it's I could maybe buy that for organized dots and globules. It's not, I'd still buy it, see it. What is this based on the last lecture? Very good. Can you tell I have small children? I'm like, very good, good job. Here's your M&M. All right, melanocytic or not? Very good. You've got evidence of a pigment network in locations there. You do have some nice amorphous areas in this one. I want you to appreciate that. You see where it looks like your pigment's just been kind of smudged over? That's not always a finding associated with malignancy. Here, it's just a solar lentigo, and you do see that, that flattening of the ridges, and so you lose some evidence of your pigment network. Your patient's gonna say, it's got a hair in it. I know it's okay. Tell me I'm not the only one that's heard that. So yes or no? Yes. yes. There's evidence, again, look at the whole picture. There's evidence of a pigment network around the periphery there. Pigment network is what we're looking for here. Is it melanocytic or not? Do you see organization of pigment in this lesion? No, you see pigment, but not organization into a network. Your amorphous areas that you might call are actually crust. What is this? And you know that because immediately you see this lovely little meliocyst and you're like, don't worry about that one. So yes, on this one again. And I know you feel like this is basic, but I still think that especially if you're just starting with your mosscopy, it's important to have those basics under your belt because if we get too detailed, you're gonna go back and be like, what did she say? I don't remember. All right, so let's get into the good stuff now, rules of engagement. I'm gonna show you a dermatoscopic image, and I really want you to try, based on that dermatoscopic image, to see what the lesion is. Use your characteristics. First step, is it melanocytic? And if you decide that yes, it is melanocytic, then I want you to hold it up to those melanoma criteria. You can use the three-point method if you want, asymmetry of pigment, asymmetry of color, blue-white areas. You can add in some of those things we talked about from the seven-point, irregular dots and globules, blotches, regression structures, irregular vascularity, but take your first step each time. And then because, again, first your pants and your shoes, we're all clinicians. You're always gonna have a clinical image next to, I mean, you're not just, a patient doesn't walk in with a book of dermatoscopic images and says, this is my back. You're gonna look at their back. And then we're gonna talk about why it is what it is. 
Okay, it's on the honor system. I'm not going to grade your papers. I'm sure there's great prizes to follow. I don't have any, but somebody might. Okay, first solution, and I'm just going to give you some time. Sitting there, looking at it, you're going to answer your first step. Is it melanocytic? And then if you're going to answer that yes, you're going to start holding it up to those other criteria that we just talked about. And if you're going to say, yes, it's this, I want you to look at it and to say why you think that so that you can justify it. We're going to add the clinical picture with it. Your history on this is, this is a 68-year-old man that came in and uh, he didn't even know this was on his arm. You're just doing an upper body skin check. He's got lots of AKs. And this is on his arm. Obviously, this clinician thought it needed to come off. Okay, so this is a melanoma in situ, and let's talk about why. You guys should be very familiar with this by now. So, is it melanocytic? Yes. I think you can obviously answer that when there's obvious pigment network in this. But there's asymmetry of that network. It's got asymmetry of color as well. You've got some great kind of amorphous irregular globs, blobs up there. Irregular vascularity, evidence of regression. This has got all the hallmarks of a melanoma. So my hope would be, clinically, looking at that picture, I think most of you would have wanted to biopsy it. But you might have said, maybe it's just a really irritated seb, those kind of things. But under your dermatoscope, obvious evidence that's a melanoma. Okay, here's your next one. No history, you just start with your dermatoscopic image. And I will tell you here, this is one thing I didn't mention in the last lecture. This is an oil, I have both in this lecture. Some of them are oil immersion pictures and some of them are polarized light pictures. I encourage you, whatever tool that you start with, stick with it. Images are slightly different. The rules kind of are all the same, but the images are a little bit different when you move from oil immersion to um, polarized light. And just starting out as you're becoming more comfortable with dermoscopy, whatever tool you use, stick with it, build your foundations, and then go from there. Because a lot of the higher-end dermatoscopes you can do both with. I don't mainly because I never slow down enough to do all that. I just like my quick polarized light. Okay, is it melanocytic? That was your first question. Here's your clinical image. This is a 48-year-old man. His wife made him come in because he's got all these weird purple. She said some of them are black. You've got to go have these looked at. Okay, so this is just an angioma. So your first question should have been, is this melanocytic? And my hope is that you said no. There's no evidence of pigment network. These dots and globules, hopefully you can obviously see that those are vascular dots and globules. This is just an angioma, and this is a case where you can be very reassuring with your dermatoscope and say, nope, that's just all vascular. Those are those lacunae that I talked about, the little lakes of blood vessels there, benign. So good, hopefully you're all two for two. Okay, this is a special situation that I wanted to bring up here. Um, palms and soles. All of those things that I've been talking about, all those great rules that we now have drilled into our head, they don't really apply on the palms and the soles. And they don't always apply on the genital area either. One of my nurses um, a few weeks ago had a nevus in her genital area that she wasn't sure how long had been there. I looked at it under my dermatoscope, and yes, I cleaned it, but, um, and it looked horrible. Blue, gray, irregular, it was just a mess. 
pathologically completely benign. So genital nevi, you know this, clinically they can often appear irregular. The same thing, dermatoscopically they're going to look irregular. Now does it mean that you just leave something and you say, uh, it's on the genitals, it's just probably fine, they always look funny. No, that doesn't mean that. But I will just warn you that they don't always look normal. Palms and soles are the same way. And so I kind of want to educate you guys on the parallel furrow pattern and the parallel ridge pattern. All right, because this is the tool you're going to use on the palms and soles to help you differentiate benign from malignant lesions under your dermatoscope. Occasionally, clinically, you can see these patterns, but um, under the dermatoscope, this is a great use for the dermatoscope is on acral nevi, because a lot of times folks don't know, especially the bottom of the feet. Um, hopefully, when you guys are doing full skin exams, you're pulling up their feet, you're looking between their toes, all that kind of stuff. But a lot of times, people don't know. You say, how long have you had this mole on the bottom of your foot? I don't know. And so this is a good tool to look at to say, is it benign, is it not? My memory key for this, and I am full of silly memory keys, that's probably how I pass my boards, but um, parallel furrow pattern. So a furrow like in your garden, like you dig, there's probably enough Botox in the room, we don't remember what a furrow of our brow is, but it's the divot. And so a parallel furrow, that means that the pigment is down in the furrow. So that if the pigment is down in the furrow, you're going to put down your biopsy tool, okay? If the pigment is up on the ridges, you're going to pick up your biopsy tool. So the parallel furrow pattern, when it's down, is suggestive of a benign nevus, okay? When it's up, and you can see, sometimes you have to look at the surrounding area there to appreciate where the furrows and the ridges are. But when that pigment is primarily concentrated on the ridges, that's suggestive of a lesion that you definitely need to biopsy. This is the lattice pattern, and it's a variant on that parallel furrow pattern. It's not evidence of anything malignant, but a lot of times you'll have some of that pigment bleeding across the ridges. That's okay, but it's when that pigment is concentrated on the ridges. And I think, I mean, it's, it looks like little ladders over there, but the primary focus of that pigment is in the furrows. You guys can appreciate that difference? Okay, this is an acral lesion, and it's a bit hard to appreciate that. You can see some of the furrows and ridges there, and you say, well, I can't tell. It's not in the furrows. It's really not in the ridges. If you can't tell, then hold it up to your other criteria. I would always, I mean, clinically, I would always rather over biopsy. If the only thing that I'm getting back on my path is melanoma, then obviously I'm not biopsying enough. And so every once in a while, if you're not sure biopsy, this is an acral melanoma here, but you've got so much distortion there from that malignancy that you've even lost the normal ridge and furrow pattern there. So I think if you're gonna say this is on the back and grade it, asymmetry of color, asymmetry of pattern, blue-gray areas, dots, globules, vasculature, you've got everything there, biopsy it. Okay, I'm interjecting some movie trivia because I think we all get tired at this point of the morning. So just like dermatoscopic image, clinical image, and then the answer, this is so easy, so hopefully you all get this. Negative ghost rider, the pattern is full. You've got another movie, but for bonus points, it's the year. So think about where you were when this movie came out, and you can really pat yourself on the back if you get the year. Tom Cruise, before he was a little bit out there. Okay, hopefully you all have this. The 1986 is the part that you may not have gotten. Okay, back to the other side of your brain. Here we go. This is similar to one of the images that I showed in the first 
lecture. It's not the same image, but it's similar to that. Look at the whole picture, answer your first question. Is it melanocytic? And then from there, and I think you can clinically correlate, you know, what you see under the dermatoscope in this case. This is a 24-year-old female. She's had this on her shoulder for as long as she can remember. But she hates it because they see it in her swimsuit. Okay, this is a congenital nevus. So your first question, is it melanocytic? Um, and I heard a couple of folks say SK. This is where you're looking at that whole picture there. And I think clinically, you could easily tell the difference when you had that clinical image. But at the periphery there, you do have hint of a network, especially right over there, some dots and globules as well. But you see that same verruca surface. Just because it's got fissures and ridges like an SK doesn't mean it's an SK. You know that clinically, congenital nevi have that same verruca appearance. Okay. I just think Gary Larson's funny. And this is just a reminder that congenital nevi can also have that cobblestone. That's a clinical and dermatoscopic. Had that cobblestone appearance. I showed you one in the first lecture that was for the dots and globules. That this is very common in congenital nevi as well for them to be composed of just dots and globules like that. Okay. Now you get to do side by side. I like these. Which is which? I won't say what which is which, but look at these two images for a minute. Put them up to your standards. Is it melanocytic? Is it not? And then decide what each of these two lesions are. First glance, they look similar. And in your mind, be able to justify why you think one is what it is. So be active here. There's your clinical images. Your history on both of these could be the same. 65-year-old guy on his back. He noticed something kind of itching back there on both of them. Probably his wife noticed it. He didn't. And I think your clinical pictures help here, but dermatoscopically, I think it's very easy to differentiate what these are. And again, this may change the way that you biopsy a lesion, which sometimes is nice for a patient and for your surgeon. So hopefully y'all got this right. The image on the left is a pigmented basal cell, and the image on the right is a melanoma. So let's start with the melanoma and talk about that, why that's a melanoma. Can you guys appreciate in this portion there that that's clear organization, that's a suggestion of a pigmented lesion? Yes? Okay. So that's a key there that that is of melanocytic origin. And so once you've determined that, then you're going to hold it up to your standards. And by those criteria, 3.7 point, pull out your 35 Menzies scale, however you want to do it, definitely meets criteria. Asymmetry of color, asymmetry of pigment. It's got irregular vasculature. You've got the blue-gray areas. It meets every criteria. And clinically, when you saw that picture, that's something that you know you're going to need to biopsy as well. Here, your pigment is not organized. It's just the globules of pigment. And if you're having difficulty appreciating that difference, 
that's okay, especially if you don't use dermoscopy. It is not until you're constantly looking at lesions that you're really able to kind of gain that knowledge. So if you feel like you're sitting there going, I just don't see it, I don't know what she's talking about, that's okay. You need to get a dermatoscope and just start looking at stuff. Don't, and if you have one, don't only look at the stuff that you think is a melanoma. Look at your basal cells. Look at other stuff so that you can differentiate them. Okay. Kirk and I were giving each other our lectures a couple of days ago, and he's like, is that the cervical os? <laughs> it's not. And he's going to be mad that I told you all that. But, but it is not. First step, is it melanocytic? And with the clinical picture, you'll know what it is, but I want you to determine kind of looking at that, make a couple of guesses in your head, or at least a differential of things that you think it might be. And what will be helpful is if you can determine in your mind what that little portion is, then you'll better be able to know what the lesion's made up of. Here's your clinical. Thirty-year-old female, we'll say she's pregnant. So what is this? Absolutely. So hopefully you said, um, that background's difficult to tell. I mean, it does look like sun damaged skin, but it is a finger. Um, hopefully you can tell that this is not melanocytic, number one. And key here is, that is not pigment, that's hemorrhage. And so sometimes you have to add your clinical picture in with it. Because clinically, you would never look at that and think that's melanocytic. But don't magnify it and try to trick yourself out of that. That's hemorrhage there. It's a completely vascular structure. Pyogenic granuloma. Here's your next one. This is one of my favorite things to look at under the dermatoscope. Because again, this is something that folks come in with all the time, and they're so worried about them. And I'll tell you, is your melanocytic question that's not completely straightforward on this one. And so here you're going to have to use some pattern recognition. So pigment network, dots and globules, amorphous blue areas. Here's your clinical. This is the one time it's okay to pinch your patient. Okay, so what is this one? Exactly. This is a dermatofibroma. These have a great classic appearance under the dermatoscope. And this is why I'm saying, don't just look at stuff you think is a melanoma. Again, patients appreciate this. I have this worrisome lesion here. That's a dermatofibroma. Are you sure? Yes, I am sure, rather than just going, mm-hmm, I'm sure. You've taken that extra step, you've pulled out your dermatoscope. Yes, I'm very sure it's got reassuring vascular structures around the periphery. It's got this amorphous scar-like center to it. I'm very sure. You pinch it, it dimples there. But this central portion, that's your clinical, or excuse me, your dermatoscopic clue there. Because while the periphery may all look a little different, you've got some hemocytorin deposition a lot of times around those, which clinically, you know, a lot of times they look like they have a halo around them, and that's hemocytorin, sometimes some vasculature there, and occasionally you might think that may be a pigment network as well, but you've got that central area, and you've got your clinical findings too, that firm, fixed papule. These are three completely different lesions, but I think side by side you can appreciate that they all have a very similar appearance. 
And so clinically, even if you know it's a DF when you're starting using your dermoscopy, just take a second to look at it because these are very pretty. Patients are very concerned about them a lot of times. All right, next movie trivia. One of my all-time movie favorites. A little bit tougher, a lot tougher actually. There's what's right and there's what's right and never the twain shall meet. Others, these were the salad days. Boy, you got a panty on your head. There's your image. It's a Coen Brothers film, Nicolas Cage, Helen Hunt. I had an entire class in college on this movie, which is absolutely pathetic, and I was in public education, which is unusual, but Raising Arizona. If you haven't seen this movie, it's a great one. Very quirky. Okay, switch sides of your brain, go back to the other side. First question first, is it melanocytic? And your answer is not always straightforward on that. If you're not sure, you still need to put it up to those criteria. Um, but use your steps. Don't just look at something and say, what is that? Go through your system in your head. Here's your clinical on that. This is a 59-year-old male who comes in and he's had this itchy spot. We'll say it's on the back of his arm. It's been bleeding a little bit. And you can see this correlates with this here. Anybody want to take a stab at it? This is actually an irritated SK. And so I put this in here to show you guys. Now, obviously, the clinician biopsied it or we wouldn't have histology on it. Looking at it clinically and dermatoscopically, I would have biopsied it hands down. Um, but a lot of times what you see under the dermatoscope, like I said, you're going to be really sensitive sometimes, especially when you start with your dermatoscope. So not everything's going to be a malignancy. And I think it's very hard to appreciate any SK structures in that, probably because he's just rubbed the fire out of it. Um, but that was just an irritated SK. Okay, let's go back to the palms and the soles here. This is a toe, which I shouldn't have told you that. I should have let you just look at the image. But I think you can appreciate that. So I want you to, based on this, before I even show you the clinical image, if all I gave you was this dermatoscopic image, would you biopsy, would you not? Here's your clinical image. Side of a toe. I think your clinician agreed with you because it looks like they've already been numbed up. <laughs> this is a 37-year-old female and she's rolling her eyes. She's like, seriously, this has been here forever. And this was a completely benign nevus. Um, but let's look at it. Number one, just based on that image, you know that this is on the palms or the soles because you see those fissures in the ridges. And you remember what I said earlier. If it's in the furrow, if the pigment's down in the furrow, you're going to put down your biopsy tool. And the majority of that pigment is in the furrows. It's not in the ridges. But you've got that funny-looking spot there in the center. Dermoscopy, you're going to overcall things on the palms and the soles. And I think that's okay. Like I said, sometimes you do need to be more sensitive than specific. Would I have biopsied this? 
Absolutely, I would have. At the very minimum, because she said it's been there forever and it hasn't changed, I might have taken a photograph and said I need to see you back in 8 to 12 weeks. But um, I probably would have biopsied it because I don't trust patients to come back sometimes. So I don't think you're wrong to do that, but this one's benign. All right, give you a minute on that one. First step first. And if you're already diagnosing it, think about why you're calling it what you are calling it. Try to remember the structures that I talked about. This is a 64-year-old golfer. This is on the back of his leg. He got bit by a bug, he said, about four months ago, and it's just never healed. You can appreciate here it may be turned a little bit, but this portion corresponds to that. Anybody? It is a basal cell. So clinically, again, I think clinically, based on that, most of you guys would have biopsied this. An ulcerated thing, sun-exposed area, has only been there for about four months. Obviously, it's not a bug bite. But this is where your textbooks are going to start calling that leaf-like periphery to it. I can't appreciate too many arborizing telangiectasias there, perhaps, in this portion. You've got some ulceration, though. It's the leaf-like areas that are supposedly your clue here. And again, I think those are difficult to appreciate. But putting your images together, if you can't see the ulceration clinically, you certainly can see it dramatoscopically. First your pants, then your shoes. If clinically you think it needs to be biopsied, especially as you're starting to use dermoscopy, you should still biopsy it. All right, another movie quote. If you're about my age, this was high school. Matthew McConaughey, he was weird then, he's still weird now. I blame that on his attendance at the University of Texas. Think about the year, y'all may know the movie. Days and Confused, 1993. Okay. First step first, and for those of you who are very astute and have been listening, location. I think the funny thing about this picture is it looks like it's been previously biopsied before. And she says, oh, honey, that's just my sunspot. <laughs> or they may not say honey to you, but I get it a lot. Anybody? It is. So lentica maligna, again, um, like we talked about, palms and soles, how they have some special characteristics. Lentica maligna has some special characteristics as well, and I briefly want to speak about those. Number one, lentica maligna is always going to be on your sun-exposed or sun-damaged skin. And so here you've got evidence that it's on the face, and it's got that 
pseudo-network of follicular openings. What you're going to read about, um, these blue-gray structures that you see in the lines between, that's kind of between those follicular openings, those are called rhomboidal structures. I don't know if I really appreciate so much the rhomboidal structure in all of those, but the blue-gray or the slate-gray lines of a pseudo-network, when you're reading an article or things like that that's about dermoscopy or a text, those are rhomboidal structures, and that's suggestive of lentigo malignant. And so it's when in a nice solar lentigo that we saw earlier around those, the pseudo-network that was just kind of a regular amorphous brown around there, you really get some irregularity. Um, other things here that are suggestive, you can hold these to the same criteria that you hold your regular melanomas to as well, just like you do histologically. You're still going to excise lentigo malignant. Um, but you've got the rhomboidal structures, which is essentially just a special name for the blue-gray areas that we talked about in a melanoma. You've got evidence of a pigmented network in some of these areas, so you know that this is a pigmented lesion. But look at your irregular vasculature, and I would call those arborizing, but with the organized pigment that you've got in the areas, I would still lean towards lentigo malignant, especially with your clinical as well. You've got dots and globules through here. Obviously, a asymmetry of color. I mean, I don't know how much more asymmetry of color you can get on that. But dermatoscopically, and clearly, this is just a portion of it that's under the dermatoscope. So lentigo maligna. These are three pictures of lentigo maligna. Sometimes it's better to see several images together than just one by itself. So they all look a little bit different, but you can appreciate the location on all of those. And hopefully, I mean, here you've even, it's just amorphous how that structure is just completely smudged there. All three of these histologically are lentigo maligna. I really can't tell if that's a previous excision scar or if it's a crease of some sort. You can make it what you want. So you guys can see that you'd still call all of them melanoma based on your criteria. You're going to say, yes, first step first, they're melanocytic. They meet melanoma criteria but there's just some specific things about lentigo malignant. Okay, rapid fire. You're now in clinic. We're not playing the slow game anymore. You're standing in clinic. You've got your extension of your right arm, or if you're one of those other folks, your left arm, and you're just looking at stuff, and you're just gonna diagnose what they are. So I'm gonna show you the images together. This is on the back of this guy's ear. His wife has noticed it. He's a farmer. So is it melanocytic? Benign or malignant? I hear malignant. So by, you've got some asymmetry of color, and the ear still plays by that pseudo-network role there. Clearly, this person thought it needed to be biopsied as well. It came back a benign nevus in conjunction with a lentigo. So I would have biopsied it as well, especially a new dark lesion, sun-exposed skin. So if you said you were going to biopsy it, that's what the founder of the website said as well, the big dermoscopy guru in New Zealand. Okay. Rapid fire, top of a foot. But she's young. She's got lots of moles. Is it melanocytic? Asymmetry of color? Asymmetry of pattern, yep. Blue-gray structures, not really. I mean, those are just, it's heavier dots of pigment. I don't see any blue 
gray there. So you get a two, and again, you're overly sensitive. This is a mildly atypical nevus. The thing that I want you to appreciate in this, um, would I have biopsied this? Probably. It depends on, and I had a couple of folks ask me about atypical nevus syndrome. You can go crazy if you're looking at every nevus on your atypical nevus syndrome patient. You've got to start to add in your clinical judgment as well, because everything that you look at, just like clinically in an atypical nevus patient, everything you look at under the dermatoscope is going to be atypical as well. And so you have to take that next educated step that sometimes you have to look from the deviation from that person's norm. Based on this isolated image alone, would I have biopsied this? I would. But I like to biopsy. Now this is similar to an image that I showed you in a, the last lecture, but it is a different image. Is it melanocytic? It's going to be your first step. Is it melanocytic? I'm hearing yeses and noes. The answer is disturbingly for this patient, yes. But this is so irregular and so distorted. Clearly, I think you'd biopsy this. Based on that clinical image, even infectious things would start to run through my mind. On an extremity like that, I'd be asking them about, probably about travel, what kind of work that they do. Um, but this was a bad melanoma. However, it's got characteristics of a basal cell too. And so just based on the dramatoscopic image, I definitely would have been on the fence. But you can see perhaps in this inferior portion some hint of organized pigment network. And look at that periphery up there. I think to me that is suggestive of a pigment network. And this is where you can diagnose an amelanotic melanoma with your dermatoscope because not, they're not always completely amelanotic. And when you magnify, I had somebody tell me in the break that they'd done this before. And I've done it once, once, hopefully again in my career at some point, where you catch something and you magnify it and you see at this periphery that there's this hint of a pigment network. The vast majority of the lesion does not look brown or black or variegated, but you can see this hint and you think just in the back of your head, maybe enough to put it on your path rec, maybe not. But you think in your head, this may be an amelanotic melanoma. And again, if you think that, it may change the way that you biopsy a lesion. Other things about this that let you know, if you decide that it's melanocytic, clearly it gets everything. It's got asymmetry of color, asymmetry of pigment. You've got irregular vascularity, dots and globules, blue-gray areas, regression areas, all those kind of things. But um, if you initially made that call, no, it's not melanocytic, my hope would be that you called it a basal cell and you still biopsied it. Clinically, if you didn't biopsy this, you probably need to go back to school. So this guy's tattoo artist noticed this on his shoulder. I don't know if that's really a story. I just like the tattoo. It was pretty dark. Is it melanocytic? Yes. Are you tired of hearing me say that? Yes. Um, asymmetry of color? Asymmetry of pigment? Blue-gray areas? I would say no. This was a moderately dysplastic nevus. And again, you need to take your whole clinical picture into play here. Um, I think everybody manages, and I'm not going to get into that controversy on how you manage your moderate and your severely atypical nevi, but um, 
I do usually biopsy one that's moderately atypical when it stands out, even if I think, because I'll tell a patient, I'll magnify it and I'll say, I don't necessarily think this is a melanoma, but I do think it's one that's severely atypical or a mole that might be changing. And when you're comparing, especially if you get into doing um, digital dermoscopy, when you're comparing images dermatoscopically, just because a lesion has changed in three to six months, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a melanoma still. You may have a severely atypical nevus. And so, you know, you're not just catching melanoma. Obviously, not everything that's atypical is a melanoma. And then it kind of falls down to how you manage those lesions, which there are some controversies and difference in practice there. on the neck. Is it melanocytic? If you said yes, I'll give it to you. You're probably going to still biopsy it, but no. What you can appreciate here, you've got this branching telangiectasias. It's blue-gray there, and I can actually even me, who doesn't like the whole leaf-like thing. I can definitely appreciate those leaf-like areas. And so it's difficult to say. Do you say that's just amorphous pigmented area around the periphery there? But there's really no evidence of organized pigment. You don't see any lattice-like structures, things like that. So this is a pigmented basal cell, a very heavily pigmented basal cell. And what it comes down to, I mean, some of this is just fun and games, too, to say it's this, it's not this. What it comes down to, your most important thing is your clinical decision-making. Would you all biopsy this regardless? Yes. Okay. If you've got kids my kid's age, you should know this one. You might say it with an Australian accent. And we're on Universal, I probably shouldn't have put that up there. Oh, wait, that's not Disney, is it? Is it? No. It's Finding Nemo 2003. Again, even if you don't have kids. It's a great movie. All right, rest your brains for a second. You don't have to guess this. I want to talk about a couple of other uses for dermoscopy briefly. I think that dermoscopy is very helpful in nails. Um, clinically, we all know the Hutchinson sign where you've got pigment that bleeds back onto the cuticle. The dermatoscope is an easy tool to magnify the nail bed. And a lot of times in residency, we would even use um, an ophthalmoscope to magnify. So essentially, you don't have to just use it for diagnosis of skin lesions. You can use it just as, I mean, essentially, it's just a magnification tool. And so you can use it to magnify the nails and the nail bed as well, which has a whole host of different you know, uses. In this case, um, you're looking at obvious pigmented streaks. Because how many times do you see a patient that comes in and they've got a big old brown or a black spot on their nail? And so many of our patients are not the best historians. They don't know how long it's been there. They don't know what it is. And if you're like me, man, if I can save a nail biopsy, I will do anything to save a nail biopsy. I hate taking off nails. I feel like it's a torture. But um, so this is obvious pigment. And hopefully everybody realizes, especially if you have um, a higher ethnic population, that pigment 
or pigmented streaks in the nail is not always indicative of a malignancy. A lot of folks have multiple nails with pigmented streaks in them. The basics on this are, number one, you don't have bleeding over the cuticle of pigment here. They're very regular streaks. Um, the patient may have multiple of these. But to say, is this pigment? Is it not? Let's compare it with this. So this looks very different, at least to me, it does. Now, irregular black pigmentation on the nail, and most of the time, you're going to get a story with this. I slammed my finger in a car door. I dropped a hammer on my toe. You're usually going to get the story, but not always. I still document every nail hemorrhage on an exam and just, you know, usually see them back in three to six weeks if I don't have a good story. Um, just if you're not sure, even if I magnify it and I say, gosh, that sure looks like hemorrhage under that nail, which is a very reassuring finding. If there's no history, I still usually see them back to make sure. Take a photograph clinically and still see them back to make sure that that hemorrhage is growing out as I expect it to. But you can appreciate, now these are very easy images to differentiate, but it's just another use for dermoscopy is that you can differentiate pigment from hemorrhage in the nail which I think clinically is sometimes difficult to do, especially if you don't have a story. And also the story, well, I think I dropped a hammer on it two years ago. Don't always buy that one either. Okay, another neat tool, um, another neat way to use your dermatoscope, and we did this a lot with the ophthalmoscope in residency, is to magnify the cuticle. You know that in connective tissue disease, one of the things that you hear about is dilated capillary loops of the nail beds. Sometimes, um, clinically, those are difficult to appreciate. You may think, yeah, their cuticles maybe are just a little bit more red than the average bear. Um, but, and this is an upside down image, here you can actually appreciate some of those dilated capillary loops there in the cuticle. This is a normal cuticle, and that has those dilated capillary loops. I'm not saying you do this on every patient and say, oh, you've got lupus, you've got dermatomyositis, but if you've got a patient you have a suspicion that they may have connective tissue disease, this could just be an additional clinical finding that you add into your picture that helps you say, yeah, I do think we need to draw some blood work, those kind of things. So just another magnification, magnification tool to look at vascular markings in the cuticle. Okay, this is the one that I always try to do and I can never see one. Can y'all guess what these are? They're scabies. And so the way that um, they talk about using your dermatoscope to diagnose scabies is that you can see at the end of a burrow the little dot where the mite is. It shouldn't be your diagnostic tool, but it should tell you where to scrape. And so there's one article that talks about applying um, gentian violet to the skin to better delineate these things. I feel like every scabies I see is just so scratched to death that I can't ever even see burrows most of the time. Occasionally you can, you know, web spaces and things. So do I look at every scabies with my dermatoscope? I do, and someday I'm going to see it. But um, it's just mainly to help you delineate where to scrape. I didn't put pictures of um, pubic lice, eyelash mites, those kind of things. Um, but again, it's just a magnification tool as well that you can better visualize the nits on hair structures or the mites on eyelashes. All right, I think we're pretty close to time. I'll finish five minutes early, but we always need a break. Um, your final challenge today, and then we'll have some time for questions if you guys have them.
and I want you to ask yourself those questions. Is it melanocytic? And once you've made that call, yes or no, if it's not, try to figure out what it is based on the surrounding markings. If you say yes, asymmetry of color, asymmetry of pigment, blue-gray, dots, globules, streaks, all those kind of things. Here's your clinical image. It's the chest of a man who wears some sort of necklace. That's all I'm giving you. Any guesses? Hmm? It's a good guess. What if I told you this was the founder of the Dermoscopy Atlas website and he loves chocolate ice cream? Mainly just don't take yourself too seriously. This is just a tool to use and so history is still going to be important. That's just a glob of chocolate ice cream that dried on his chest. And that's all I've got for you guys today. I'll go ahead and take questions. Any tips for the lips? I'm sorry? Any tips for the lips? Any tips for dermoscopy of the lips? Mm -hmm. uh, the main tool there is differentiation. Uh, you have you know, the venous lakes that you get on the lips and lentigos on the lips. Labial lentigos look very, very regular. And um, that pattern that you see there, because a lot of times folks are very concerned when a labial lentigo comes up, but we know that it's very regular. And your background skin looks a little bit different because sometimes it's mucosal, but it's a good tool to differentiate venous lakes from uh, labial lentigos as well. But you're still applying those same kind of things. However, just like genitals, occasionally mucosa can look funnier than it is. If a patient can't remember whether they've had a scar, um, can you differentiate the uh, morpheiform basal cell from a scar? You know, possibly. If you're really good at dermoscopy, starting out, absolutely not. And I wouldn't trust my derm dermatoscopic skills to always differentiate. If I'm on the fence looking at something, I always err on the side of biopsy. However, in a morpheiform basal cell, classically you do see some of those arborizing telangiectasias and you can also see sometimes those little, um, the pearly texture that you see on a, uh, what you see clinically, a lot of times you'll see those irregular vascular structures inside that. However, depending on the scar, you can have some of that as well, but you're looking at your clinical picture, and I think it's very difficult. You'll have folks that say, yes, you can, but I'm not one of those folks, and if a patient's not sure and there's a scarred area, I always err on the side of biopsy. So that's not a great answer, but I usually biopsy. Anybody else? Yeah. Just in your personal practice, the lady that had the leg, large red nodule, uh -huh. would you have um, done a, I, it looked like it was greater than a centimeter, but would you have done a punch biopsy? Would you, what would you have done technically? When I am um, biopsying melanomas, when there's a large lesion, I almost always do scouting biopsies inside that lesion, especially when I'm looking at lentigo maligna, because I'm always worried that there's perhaps invasive melanoma somewhere in there. And I will tell you, and you guys may know this as well, in a large lesion, what you see clinically and you think is the worst area of that lesion, 
does not always correspond histologically to the deepest portion of a lesion. So in any large lesion like that on the leg or on the face in a large lentigo maligna, I almost always do scouting biopsies. And again, I don't think your dermatoscope necessarily helps you to biopsy that area because clinically, even with the dermatoscope, they don't always correspond to histologically the deepest portion of a lesion. A lot of that's due to regression as well. But yes, I usually do scouting biopsies two or three depending on the size, just because clinically it makes a difference for you than with your surgical excision, your margins and things like that. So. Anybody else? Great, everybody go buy a dermatoscope. Thank you guys.